Good morning. Good morning, David. Good morning. You know, this uh, segment, always important, always timely, but perhaps never more so when the feds have been knocking on the door of the Speaker of the Illinois House. They've been subpoenaing documents. The Speaker has been implicated in a bribery scandal that has caused the state's largest utility to pay a $200 million fine and a deferred prosecution agreement. So, David, I'm going to start with a, a truly unique question that's only been posed, oh, roughly once a week for the last 25 years. Is this the end of Mike Madigan? <laughs> well, um, just about everybody in politics in Illinois, uh, even belatedly, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has started to join the chorus of saying, if the allegations are true, then Speaker Madigan ought to resign uh, his party position, his uh, speaker's position, and in fact, his position in the House. Um, but it, it, in most cases, that's predicated on this being the allegations being proved true, and we're a long ways away from that. Yeah, let, let's not forget that Mike Madigan is notorious for he doesn't use email, he doesn't have a cell phone, the sort of paper trail that undoes a lot of people uh, always stops just a little bit short of the speaker. So, uh, you know, it, it is one thing to look at this agreement with Commonwealth Edison to talk about how they did favors and provided jobs for Madigan allies and things because they wanted to curry favor. It's another thing to be able to to show beyond a reasonable doubt that the speaker knew about it, directed it, encouraged it, uh, uh, directly offered the quid pro quo of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We're a long way from that, despite uh, some some really serious implications to everything that's happened so far. We absolutely are a long way from that, and it does, based on what we know about Speaker Madigan, uh, any um, kind of trial, if there were one, would rely heavily on testimony of some of the people close to him, uh, uh, people who have done his bidding, and presumably uh, a jury would need to be convinced that a mosaic of uh events that all relate to Speaker Madigan add up to his complicity in the alleged uh, misconduct. But but you're right. And, um, from what we know about him, he's very good at not leaving any footprints other than these ma massive pieces of legislation that he engineers typically very late in the session with little oversight or review. And it's alleged that he did so at Commonwealth Edison's bidding in return for favors ComEd did to him and his associate in at least two big cases, 2011, the smart grid legislation, and 2016, a major rate hike. You know, David, people who uh, have watched Illinois politics over a, a span of decades know that uh, uh, lobbyists currying favor with politicians is nothing new. And, of course, back in the day, it would involve everything from, uh, you know, taking them out, uh, buying them uh, expensive dinners, uh, putting a lot of booze into their bellies, maybe a few other favors here and there. Uh, and that was how a lot of business got done. We tried to tighten that down a little bit. Uh, well, you know, the, the thing that strikes me most from looking at the deferred prosecution agreement, seeing what Commonwealth Edison did, uh, was not just the brazenness of it, but the the old school aspect to it of, of uh, you know, just uh, kind of reaching back to how the, the, the skids used to get greased back in the 60s and 70s. 
Right. No kidding. Um, you've got anybody from, you know, the breadth of it is just amazing. It goes from kind of just basic line workers who were involved in this old style democratic patronage to placing a member on the board of Commonwealth Edison, Wanakoa, apparently, uh, former CEO of the McPeer Authority uh, that runs the Met, uh, the uh, uh, McCormick Place and Navy Pier, um, and and so it, it's uh, it's quite it's quite a wide range of um, of people involved in something ranging from old style on the ground boots on the ground patronage to some pretty high level manipulation of corporate uh, of the corporation's relationship with the state. And, uh, you know, and not just to how widespread it was in terms of Madigan lieutenants and friends and things and the favors that were done for them, but apparently how high up within Commonwealth Edison uh, this went. The, the document makes reference to, to multiple executives and people on the inside who apparently not only knew about this, but uh, seemed to be enthusiastic participants in it to one degree or uh, or another. Well, we want to come back and talk a little bit about how that plays into the fact that this is a regulated utility. There is a state agency that's supposed to be overseeing this, and that's a fascinating story, too. Uh, but it also gets down again to uh, the notion that we we did try to take some steps in uh, the in recent years to clean up some of those lobbying excesses to make sure that lobbyists weren't out there uh, getting their legislation by basically uh, bribing lawmakers with uh, meals and gifts and so on and so forth. But pretty plainly, there's more work to be done. There are calls now for a special session on ethics. But, David, what can lawmakers do uh, to better police their own and to prevent these scenarios in the future? Well, you know, first of all, to further disclosure of any relationship um, uh, directly or indirectly, uh, including family members and associates with any regulated company, for example, would be uh, an improvement. Obviously, extending the uh, the the cooling off period between when somebody leaves office and when they um, can begin lobbying, an outright ban on elected officials lobbying across the state, any other body of state government. This has become somewhat controversial because there's been some pushback saying, oh, somebody on kind of a village board somewhere ought to be able to lobby, say, the state legislature because they're not going to have much business before the state legislature. Well, that that's that slippery slope where if you allow that, then it, it opens the door to other uh, other mis, mis, to misconduct down the road. So um, it seems to me that that line has to be cut very cleanly and an outright ban on elected officials lobbying um, would help to um, help to uh, make some of these problems go away. We got more to talk about with this and on some other big issues looming over the state right now. We'll continue that conversation in a moment. David Grising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association, is here with us. It's full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. Uh, David Grising is the president and CEO of the Better Government Association, keeping an eye on government, making sure it's functioning the way it's supposed to. And it is supposed to be uh, engaging in oversight and regulation of major utilities utilities like Commonwealth Edison, it gets a little interesting now because we've got an Illinois Commerce Commission that is chaired 
by the daughter-in-law of one of the people who is implicated in this bribery investigation of Commonwealth Edison, one of the people who supposedly benefited from ComEd's lobbying activities and efforts to uh, secure favorable legislation. So, uh, David, uh, obviously you can't hold a a daughter-in-law accountable for the alleged sins of the father-in-law, but still it does raise a few eyebrows. Well, it certainly does. And part of it is that the ICC also has been a... Uh, a pretty flaccid regulator uh, has not really ridden herd on uh, Commonwealth Edison, not just under Kerry Zaleski, but for years. Um, the the ICC has called for an ethics hearing uh, with ComEd to ask ComEd to come and explain itself. And there's been a call for uh, Kerry Zaleski to uh, recuse herself from that because of her relationship to Mike Zaleski, who uh, was one of the first people raided in this Commonwealth Edison investigation. The feds raided his home looking for information about efforts to obtain a job for him as a former uh, Chicago alderman uh, to con- uh, obtain some sort of a consulting or other position with Commonwealth Edison. And so uh, her family is deeply enmeshed in this whole thing, uh, but she is refusing to step down. Uh, Governor, to recuse herself, Governor Pritzker is in her corner. He's the one who appointed her to begin with, both to the board and to the chairmanship. And he's saying that that the sins of the father-in-law, if any, should not be visited upon the chairman of the ICC. You know, this isn't just inside baseball, by the way. Commonwealth Edison is the largest utility in Illinois. It has millions of customers. And the legislation that they wanted to get passed and did, in fact, get passed uh, has a dramatic impact on the rates that we pay for uh, electricity in many parts of the state of Illinois. So, David, that raises the question of if this legislation came about through illicit means, uh, is there any recourse for ratepayers? Well, there may be a move to uh, to repeal, uh, say, the rate hike that was passed in 2016. That added $2.3 billion to utility bills in the northern part of the state. That's a significant amount of money. Uh, Commonwealth Edison has agreed to a $200 million fine, and that's based on a calculation of about $150 million or so that they directly benefited from uh, the uh, uh, the various uh, alleged shenanigans that they perpetrated. Uh, but there's a bigger issue. The bigger context here is is that the if if in fact the regulatory system has been rigged during the period of the of this, you know, going back through 2011, uh, then some of the official actions that were taken at the bidding of House Speaker Michael Madigan uh, perhaps should be reexamined. And it'll, it we will be watching over the next few weeks to see if there is any effort to uh, take a look at reviewing uh, those very important pieces of legislation. Guarantee we haven't uh, heard the last of this, and we certainly haven't uh, talked uh, about it nearly enough. We'll have many more uh, sessions to discuss the ramifications of this in the weeks to come. David Grison, before we let you go, another big story that's unfolding today, uh, and a little bit fluid at this point, President Trump uh, talking about sending federal agents onto the streets of Chicago, and and it raised the specter of what's been happening in Portland when we've had uh, uh, agents uh, not really identified by their agency, grabbing people off the street, throwing them into unmarked vehicles, driving away with them. That was alarming to some folks, including Governor J.B. Pritzker and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. They initially resisted uh, any talk of the president uh, sending uh, the feds into Chicago. Now it seems to, that might be easing up just a bit uh, with some discussion about an effort to to try to deal with the rampant gun violence and the flow of guns on the streets of Chicago. 
Right. There's some sort of like a negotiation happening in, in the open between uh, the mayor of the city of Chicago and Governor Pritzker and the Trump administration. Uh, I think the Department of Homeland Security, based on the negative reaction across the country to what has happened in, in Portland, is looking for a way to back away without without kind of um, uh, acknowledging altogether that it doesn't have a right to and to impose itself on the state and local officials who do not want it there. And so now they're, they're kind of positioning themselves as more providing uh, advice and support, not frontline people in camouflage, driving around in mysterious black vans, pulling people in, driving them around the city, letting them go somewhere else, as has happened in Portland. And I think that's what the governor and Mayor Lightfoot are worried about happening in Chicago. This is a developing story. We're going to continue watching it. Clearly, President Trump wants to make a point about Chicago and about the violence in the city of Chicago. And any effort, uh, as Lori Lightfoot says, any effort to help cure the violence problem in the city could be welcome. She's asking for stricter regulation of handguns. I don't think she's likely to get that from the Trump administration. Well, uh, we've got a lot more we could talk about, uh, including COVID-19. The governor's got a briefing today at noon. We'll have live coverage here on WMAY. But we're out of time for full disclosure. David Grison, quickly, how do people reach you and the BGA the rest of the time? I'm at dgreising at bettergov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org. And our website is bettergov.org. And here each Wednesday morning, full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. David, thanks much. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye.